from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Secure our territory. Secure our turf. Because it's all our turf. Elite, Kenny and the Bucks, listen, this that undisputed, yeah, we here to shock the system. This a war zone going down on Wednesday nights. This a fight, this is NXT vs. Dynamite. Weekly battles, ratings shattered, this a revolution. This is change to what the game is used to doing. This is all about that dark and light contrast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night Podcast. Welcome to the Fight for Wednesday Night this is the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and I am Mike De Niro. Holy shit, what an insane, insane night. Winter is coming, but so is a new AEW champion in Kenny Omega. Before we get to the show, make sure you follow Wrestling DeLorean Pod on Instagram. Make sure you follow Wrestling Headquarters on Instagram. We have a new home, WrestlingHeadquarters.com. Oh my God, let's get into the show. What a hell of a night. AEW, winter is coming, and so is the Legends, because tonight we got the debut of the legendary Sting. Sting has arrived in AEW. There's been many rumors as of late of where Sting is going now that his Legends contract with WWE is up, and he is here in AEW, and I was marking out like I was 10 years old. AEW had Sting's debut done Perfectly from the snowfall, the lights out, the the delay effect. Sting in his old gear looked a freaking amazing. I'm just marking out. Holy shit! I am so happy Sting is here in AEW. It was announced that he signed a multi-year deal with AEW. I know that probably does not mean in ring. I'm very excited to see what role Sting plays for this company. But any role that he plays. AEW benefits because a legend like Sting being a part of AEW only brings more eyes, more notoriety, and more star power to what already is a fantastic show. Speaking of fantastic shows, let's get into this massive, massive episode of AEW Dynamite. The first matchup of the night, right out the bat, we have the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. We had 20 men over the top rules, over the top rope rules. And this was a star-studded match. You had everyone from MJF putting up his diamond ring to Hangman Page, Miro, 
Orange Cassidy, the Inner Circle, the Dark Order. They're all here. It was a big, big matchup. A lot of uh, interesting things happened here. I really like the fact that the Dark Order saved Hangman Page from getting eliminated. It definitely looks like that's a storyline brewing. If you watch Being the Elite, it looks like Hangman is looking for a place in this world. And it might be with the Dark Order. Also, this was the first time, I believe, since he debuted, in my opinion, that Miro looked like an absolute beast in the ring for AEW and was tearing it up. He had more eliminations than anybody else and looked like a monster in there. And was really cool to see Miro at that level because this is the Miro that we all know and all expected when he came to AEW. An unleashed monster. And that's what we got tonight. Only to be eliminated by MJF, Sammy Gravara, and Wardlow when they triple teamed him. At the ending here, it came down to MJF and Wardlow. But Wardlow realized that Orange Cassidy was not eliminated. So he goes out to go get Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy eliminates Wardlow. And next week we will be getting MJF versus Orange Cassidy for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. That match is going to be phenomenal. But in my opinion, I... I look, before I even say anything, very happy. I can't get enough Orange Cassidy. It's all cool. I'm glad with him being one of the two participants to win this matchup. But I thought that would have been very interesting if we did get Wardlow to be in the matchup with MJF because there's been a bit of a slow build on Wardlow breaking free from MJF. So I thought that that would have been a good way to settle it. But I guess we're going to continue slow building that storyline because it will be Orange Cassidy versus MJF. Pretty fun battle royal. Great way to open up the show tonight. I'm giving it... Three and a half stars out of five. Really enjoyed this. This was a star-studded event. And not only that, but it was action-packed. Very little promo time. It was built like a pay-per-view. And it delivered like a pay-per-view. We get Frankie Kazarian versus Chris Jericho for the first time ever in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. Really good matchup. They both meshed really well with each other. And I thought that they had some really good spots with each other. Pretty solid chemistry between the two. Solid action in the ring. There was some inner circle shenanigans. It looked like MJF was coming out to throw a towel in from, uh, well, for Chris Jericho, forfeiting the match for him. But before he could, Sammy Guevara comes out and grabs the towel from MJF, not allowing him to do that. But Chris Jericho saw Sammy Guevara with the towel, thinking that Sammy Guevara was going to go throw that towel in for him. So there is some dissension here in the inner circle. It is a now, well, by the way, Chris Jericho gets the victory with the, Judas Effect. He beats Frankie Kazarian. Really good matchup. I'm giving it a 3 out of 5. After this backstage, it is announced that Chris Jericho is done with the bullshit. This is not what was supposed to happen. Everyone's supposed to be working together. So, he says they have 7 days. By next week's Dynamite, they will either work together as a team or the Inner Circle will break up forever. So, that's going to be very interesting to see where they go with this because... I mean, I think that the Inner Circle still has steam in them. I don't think that they should break up, but we'll see where this goes. Next week, we will find out. The Young Bucks cut a promo. They're interrupted by the debuting on Dynamite tag team, The Acclaim, who start busting, I guess, a freestyle, doing their best Wednesday wrestling rap, which, by the way, nice segue, I will be doing the Wednesday wrestling recap. We're bringing that back. Follow on Instagram at WrestlingDeloreanPod for the Wednesday Wrestling Recap. It is coming back, bitches. Anyway, we are seeing the debut here of The Acclaim. They're doing their best, I guess, 
0203 John Cena impersonations. Wasn't really impressed with their bars, but it led to an attack from TH2. The Young Bucks will be facing Angelico and Jack Evans next week for the, I was about to say the Impact Wrestling Tag Team titles, but we will get to that later. For the AEW World Tag Team Champions, so it was a jumping by TH2 onto the Young Bucks thanks to the distraction of the acclaimed. We got a pretty good matchup between Britt Baker and legit Layla Hirsch. Nice back and forth. Uh, I gave it a 2 out of 5, but the real story of this was what happened after the match. Britt Baker gets the victory, and then she is attacked by Thunder Rosa. We're building up Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Big pull apart. The agents from the back, they had to come out. They had to separate the two. Really like this. After this, we get what was one of the two major talking points of the night. Darby Allen and Cody versus Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, Team Taz. Really good matchup here. All four men bring it. And I thoroughly enjoyed this matchup. Great chemistry between all these guys. I'm really becoming a fan of Powerhouse Hobbs. I think that he has a lot of potential. I really like Ricky Starks. And I think Ricky Starks is going to be the breakout star in Team Taz. Darby Allen and Cody, what could I say about them that I already have not said for the year and a half that I've been doing this podcast. They're just two amazing, amazing athletes and big parts of this, not only this company, but this show. Darby Allen gets the victory here for his team with Cody when he hits the coffin drop onto Ricky Starks. After this, Team Taz, they make the attack. They Taz comes in. The three men from Team Taz attacks Arn Anderson. Dustin comes out. He makes the save. Brian Cage comes out. He attacks Dustin. It looks like Team Taz is going to stand tall. And then all of a sudden, the lights go out. And this is where we get the debut that everybody is going to be talking about tomorrow morning. We get the icon, Sting. First time on TNT television in 19 years. Think about that. 19 years. Sting is back on TNT Wrestling The face of WCW is here in AEW, and he makes the save for Cody Rhodes, Darby Allin, Dustin, and Arn Anderson. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Holy shit, this was just so amazingly done. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, I can't even say enough. I think that this match was a three out of five, but this segment is a sure thing. Five out of five. I This was amazing. And I'm going to get to NXT in a little bit, but this alone was untouchable on Wednesday night. This alone was my moment of the night for both shows and what really, really stole this week for AEW. But we're not even done. We had a massive, massive debut and we still have the biggest main event in Dynamite history still to come. And what a matchup it was. We got the cleaner Kenny Omega versus the ultra-violent badass John Moxley and holy Shit, was this a great matchup. I love this matchup. But before I even get into the matchup, I have to say that Don Callis from Impact Wrestling, the EVP of Impact, was on commentary. We've seen Don Callis on commentary before for AEW, for a Kenny Omega match in the past. I believe it was the matchup with Hangman Page at the Full Gear pay-per-view. And he is... Strongly behind Kenny Omega in this matchup. Tells his history with Kenny Omega. We get the grand entrances between Omega and John Moxley. And these two tore it down for about 35 minutes. They had one hell of a matchup. Lived up to the hype. Lived up to the freaking hype. This was amazing. For everyone who wants the cleaner Kenny Omega back, look no further than this matchup. For everybody who wants John Moxley to continue being a badass, look no further than this matchup. They tore it down. These two have great chemistry. At the ending here, Kenny Omega is V... Well, not V-triggered. Kenny Omega is hit with the paradigm shift on the outside onto a heater. And he lands on his head. He's getting medical attention. He's getting the referees. They're attending to him. John Moxley's not having it. Screw that. He throws Kenny Omega back in the ring. He continues the beatdown. This leads to Don Callis coming from the announce table, grabbing a microphone, and telling the referee he's hurt. Don't let John Moxley attack him like this. Stop the matchup. He's hurt. John Moxley then pushes Don Callis down to the floor. But while he did this, Don Callis was able to throw in the microphone to Kenny Omega in the ring. And behind the referee's back, Kenny Omega hits John Moxley with the microphone. John Moxley is now busted open. Kenny Omega hits a flurry of V-triggers. About five V-triggers. Then hits a big one-wing angel. And one, two, three. We have a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion here on Dynamite. The biggest Dynamite ever. The cleaner, Kenny Omega, is the new AEW champion. But the real story is what happens after this match. Because Don Callis and Kenny Omega are clearly celebrating too much like they planned this all along. Kenny Omega, he grabs the belt. 
him and Don Callis hightail it to the back. Backstage, we see Tony Khan, who's questioning Don Callis. They even push him to the side. The whole locker room is questioning Kenny Omega. They don't care. They jump into a car. Alex Marvez is there and says, what's going on? And Don Callis says that they will announce what is going on on Tuesday. Then he says, wait a minute, Dynamite's not to Wednesday. But Don Callis says, Kenny Omega will be on this week's Impact Wrestling. That is newsworthy. This clearly shows that TNA Impact Wrestling and AEW now have a partnership or will be having a working relationship going forward, which is only going to strengthen their, both of them. It's a big win for AEW and it's a big win for TNA Impact. I keep on saying TNA. I'm so sorry. For Impact Wrestling, it's a big win for Impact Wrestling because it's going to bring more notoriety to them in Access TV. And also, I would love to see Impact Wrestling's roster here on AEW. I don't know what this is going to lead to, but I am thoroughly intrigued. Congratulations to Kenny Omega, the new AEW champion. What a segment. What a match. This matchup was a 5 out of 5 in my opinion. We had two segments, 5 out of 5, back to back. This is the greatest Dynamite ever. This show, this show is a very, very high 4.7. Fuck that. This show is a 5 out of 5. This show is a 5 out of 5. AEW Dynamite, December 2nd. 2020 winter is coming mark it down in history because this was the greatest aew dynamite in history of this show but this is the fight for wednesday night so there is another show to be talked about let's get into the december 2nd 2020 episode of nxt on usa now i am Really not trying to be biased, but I am at such a high from AEW that NXT, to be honest, it's such a high, high mountain to climb that I don't think that this week that they could do what I believe is the impossible and top what AEW did this week. We got Damian Priest and Leanne Ruff versus Legado del Fantasma in the opening matchup of this night. Damian Priest and Leanne Ruff get the victory. Good back and forth action. I like to see a lot of the cruiserweights mix up with someone of the size of Damian Priest. So that was really cool to see a clash of styles and sizes here. The winners of the matchup is Leon Ruff and Damian Priest. Damian Priest wants Leon Ruff's title. It looks like we are going to be getting a three-way for Gargano, Leon Ruff, and Damian Priest for the North American champion. So that was pretty cool. We got a... Video package showing what happened last week between Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly in their awesome ladder match to secure the War Games advantage for their team. Pete Dunne got the victory. We're back from break. We get a video package of the Undisputed Era's history of War Games. Well, history in War Games. They have been in every single War Games since WWE brought the War Games concept to NXT. They, they don't have a good record in War Games. They lost the last three War Games. But they won the first one, so they're looking to bring it back this year as they go up against Pat McAfee, uh, Danny Burch, Oni Lorcan, and Pete Dunne. We get a matchup here between August Gray versus Cameron Grimes. This was a pretty good matchup. Uh, it was more a of a squash matchup for Cameron Grimes. It really didn't do much for me, though, to be honest. 
this got a two stars out of five. I, I realized that I didn't give a, uh, a star rating to the first matchup. That first matchup, the tag team matchup, I gave a three out of five. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that it was a good clash of styles. So really cool to see that. Cameron Grimes picks up the victory here. Like I said, two out of five. Jake Atlas versus Tony Nice. Really good back and forth here. These guys had good chemistry with each other. They are two highly, highly underrated talents, I believe, on NXT and in the Cruiserweight division. Jake Atlas picks up the victory for this matchup here. I give this 3.5 out of 5. Really good matchup. After this, while Atlas is celebrating on the mic, Atlas gets hyped up and says that there's a pattern, it seems. Every time he takes a step back, he takes a, he takes a few more forward. He wants the Cruiserweight title. He wants Santos Escobar. So that's going to be something to look forward to down the line. We got Pat McAfee, a big promo for him, leading his team into War Games. He wants Undisputed Error. This matchup at War Games is going to be interesting with Pat McAfee. It's only his second matchup here. He's surrounded by a lot of talent here. But for your second matchup being a War Games matchup, very tough task. It's a very daunting task. But, I mean, he, he impressed me in his first matchup with Adam Cole. So, I, I think he could do it. But, like I said, it's a very daunting task to have your second matchup ever inside of War Games. We get the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Everize. But before the bell could ring, Imperium, Fabian Eitner, and Marcel Barthel, they attack Everize, and instead we get an impromptu matchup between Imperium and the Grizzled Young Veterans. This was a really, really good matchup. But Everize run down and attack both teams. We get a no contest here. I was a little disappointed with this because I was enjoying this matchup. I thought that this was a great tag team bout here. And it leads to a no contest. I don't know if we're going to have a three-way between these teams. But I don't really think Everize is at the level of Imperium or the Grizzle Young Veterans. So they seem like the mismatch here in my opinion. I feel like I can't really give this a star rating because it was a no contest. But for the action that was in this matchup, I'll give it a three stars out of five. I enjoyed it. After this, we get the big War Games Advantage ladder match between Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez. This was really good. These two women tore that house down, but I was a little confused by the ending here. Shotzi Blackheart gets the victory in what was an amazing ladder match for her team. She now has the War Games Advantage going against Team Candice LeRae, and that's all fine and dandy. But in the war games, until all members are in the ring and in that double cage, there is a man advantage for one team. Now, it's been like this through the years where the heel team has the man advantage because the story of the match is usually the babyface team having to fight back from adversity and having to fight the odds. So it's going to be a little different to see the baby faces actually outnumbering the heels here. So interesting, but what a great matchup. This got a 3.5 out of 5 stars. Good episode of NXT. Like I said, any other week, NXT would have a strong, strong, strong case for show of the week. But they went against what was a pay-per-view quality episode for AEW. So NXT gets 
a 3.5 out of 5. Great episode, but cannot touch AEW. The match of the night for NXT was Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez in that ladder match for me. Like I said, it just was not good enough. Winner of the fight for Wednesday night on December 2nd, 2020 is AEW Dynamite with Winter is Coming. Congratulations once again to the new AEW champion, Kenny Omega. And welcome to Dynamite, the man called Sting. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 